All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us toll-free. Our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, I want to start today uh, with an apology to our over 700 affiliate stations around the country. I did not know it at the time. Uh, I think it was purposely kept for me because I think there are members of my team here that thought my reaction would be uh, rather forceful, uh, and they're probably not wrong. But um, anyway, long story short, we apologize, humbly apologize to all our great affiliates. Uh, I don't think this has ever happened before, you know, except for maybe one blip here and there. Uh, Anyway, yesterday during, I think it was my opening monologue, it was a great one, too. That's the sad part. We'll put no, it up. No, no, your monologue was fine. It wasn't until about 3.45. Yeah. Oh, so it was the end of the hour. Um, not to bore you with details, we had a piece of broadcast equipment, a very critical piece, overheat, and that's what caused us to be off the air for several minutes. Uh, it was not a liberal a left-wing conspiracy that did it. It was just an overheating of equipment incident. Uh, we have put in measures to make sure this never happens again uh, and get it fixed up and running permanently. This is a permanent fix we're putting in place. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm very grateful to all of you that are affiliates. I'm very grateful to your audiences. I know that what I love to do doesn't happen without your support. And um, we don't like to make mistakes. And when we do, when something happens, even though this is mechanical, certainly beyond my control, I, I could barely download an app. Um, I, we need to call to your attention and, and rightly apologize. And I know it became very inconvenient for a lot of people out there. And for all of you, uh, please, uh, I hope you will accept our humble apology here because uh, uh, we have an obligation to get it right for you. And we're committed to that at the highest level. That I can promise you. Um, maybe I'll do a quick test. of Linda, take a guess. So from March 16th to April 5th, let's just look at the three big networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and their coverage of Donald Trump and his investigation. And Katie, pay attention. You're going to be quizzed too. And same with Jason. You're going to be quizzed here. All right. So over a 20-day period, now remember... The nightly newscast, I'm assuming they're talking about all seven days because they run on the weekend as well. And it's a 22-minute broadcast. They have commercial time, obviously, included, but so we're not including that. Uh, but in their evening uh, morning show and, and Sunday roundtable shows, you know, how many minutes do you think just the three networks, forget about MSDNC and, and fake news CNN, for them it's like 24-7, how much time do you think that they devoted in terms of minutes to the Trump investigation coverage versus the Biden investigation coverage? Linda, you go last. Katie, your thoughts. I would say, I don't know, about maybe a thousand. Seems like they were incessant. <laughs> a thousand minutes for the, okay, um, I assume you mean Donald Trump? Oh, for Donald Trump, I'm sorry. Uh, for, for Biden, probably nothing. Okay, Jason, what do you think? For Biden, I would say probably under five minutes. Okay, for Trump? Oh, God, how many hours? I'd say, what, 90 hours? <laughs> Give me minutes. I need minutes. I don't, I'm not a, I don't have my abacus in front of me. 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Oh, this is a 20-day period. You, you want me to go 20? Okay, uh, 400 minutes. Okay, Linda. 
Biden, Trump. I would say a minute 30 on Biden. Okay. And uh, I don't know, 600 on Trump. Zero minutes on Biden. Not one minute. 658 minutes on Trump. Oh, I was close. Well, you were cl- you were pretty close. You 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 get the grand prize today. You get there's a coffee machine back there. Go help yourself. Uh, well, there's moonshine that that guy sent us. Is there any well, left? Or of, you guys the type drink? of week we're having? I'm yeah. like right into By the way, moonshine. A guy sends us his moonshine, and I t- I'm like, oh, you want to die? Drink that stuff. That's uh, the ghost pepper. Yeah, that was. That's the stuff that sweet baby drinks. Oh my gosh! He, but he puts diet coke in it, so it doesn't matter. I don't care, man. That stuff's intense. He, they, look, he drinks like two drops of alcohol. That's it, and he's done. He's a lightweight. Um. Anyway, so just, I just telling Newsbusters put that out, and I said, you know what? Let's give the audience a quiz here. Uh, we do have some news on this. Uh, Representative Comer says that there are two county attorneys now that have asked him how they legally can charge. The Bidens, uh, which is very, very interesting because Ari Fleischer first made the comment two nights ago on on Hannity and others have now brought that up. And uh, Ari Fleischer's argument was that unless it happens to them, it's never going to stop the dual system of justice. And if they're going to use what is a novel, never before used, uh, convoluted legal theory, which is what they have done here and and marry up a misdemeanor that has passed its statute of limitations by five years and tie it to some federal election law, which is outside of his jurisdiction, number one, whose statute of limitations, number two, have also passed. I mean, if that's not prosecutorial abuse or selective prosecution, I don't know what is, uh, then it should apply to the Democrats. You know, the FBI has had zero experience Hunter Biden's laptop since December of 2019. What have they done with it? Pretty much nothing. Now, as it relates to Donald Trump and Alvin Bragg in particular, uh, the you have the head of the Judiciary Committee, our friend Jim Jordan. Well, he issued today a subpoena for the former Manhattan District Attorney's uh, Office prosecutor, the guy that quit and wrote the book, Mark Pomerantz, as part of their inquiry into D.A. Alvin Bragg's case against the ex-president. Pomerantz, remember, he was one of two former prosecutors. I believe they were working pro bono. I'll go back and check that. Uh, But I believe they were working pro bono because they just wanted to get Trump so bad. And then Alvin Bragg uh, took office. Remember, this this whole notion, legal theory, FEC violation, all of it was rejected by the FEC itself, by the Department of Justice, by Mueller. All of them investigated this. Pomerantz referred to this in his book as the zombie case. Because they kept, you know, looking at it. No, nah, we can't charge him on that. All right. They put it away. And then they're still looking. Find me the man and I'll show you the crime. And they bring it up again. Uh, we really can't charge him on that. That's not going to stick. Anyway, Pomerantz was one of two prosecutors the GOP want to uh, interview that they're subpoenaing, sending subpoenas to. Uh, both that left the office in 2022. And Pomerantz wrote the book. And Jordan's cover letter says Bragg's unprecedented and prosecutorial conduct and moving forward with a hush money case requires oversight. And Pomerantz's unique role in the Manhattan investigation makes him uniquely situated to provide information that is relevant and necessary to inform the committee's oversight. The Justice Department wasn't going to bring the case. 
The previous DA, Cy Vance, wasn't going to bring the case. Bragg himself said no to the case. That's why Pomeranz left, according to reports. And even Alvin Bragg himself, you know, when he got elected, he didn't want to bring the case. But he eventually did. The person that wanted to bring it was Mark Pomeranz, according to Jim Jordan. And it's a, he says rules of the House of Representatives authorizes the committee on the judiciary to conduct oversight of criminal justice matters to inform uh, potential legislation. And, quote, Congress has a specific and manifestly important interest in preventing politically motivated prosecutions of current and former presidents by elected state and local prosecutors and local prosecutors, particularly in jurisdictions like New York County, where the prosecutor is popularly elected and trial level level judges lack life uh, uh, tenure. The letter pointed reject the letter pointedly rejected the idea of non-cooperation, although you are in. New York County District Attorney's Office has directed you not to cooperate with our oversight. You have already discussed many of the topics relevant to our oversight in a book you wrote and published in February of 2023, as well as in several public interviews to promote your book. It says, as a result, you have no basis to decline to testify about matters before the committee that you have already discussed in your book and on primetime television programs and Uh, with an audience of millions, including on the basis of any purported duty of confidentiality and and privilege interest. Anyway, and I have the letter in front of me. I won't bore you with all the details here. But, um, you know, the the bottom line is, and Andy McCarthy in his column in the New York Post today, having a non-disclosure agreement. By the way, if you're a Democrat and you have an NDA, it's called an NDA. If it's a Republican with an NDA, they call it hush money. You know, because that sounds way more sinister. But, you know, Alvin Bragg is alleging here that Donald Trump defrauded voters into electing him uh, on November 8, 2016. And Bragg also alleges the first crime that Trump committed occurred on February 14, 2017. He's talking about the payments made through various revocable trust in one case and another case, you know, a bank account, you know, all sorts of ways that he was paid. This is where the timeline issue comes in. To play here. And very few people seem to have picked this up. If the argument is that Donald Trump made the payment or had Michael Cohn make the payment specifically for the reason that they wanted in this particular case, uh, they wanted to help him get elected. And that's a campaign finance violation. If that's the case, then why were the payments made in 2017? And then you have to ask another question. Why in 2018 did the attorney for Michael Cohn, a guy by the name of Stephen Ryan, send a letter to the FEC head at the time saying that in a private transaction, and again, they had already gotten all the money by the end of 2017. I think December 2017 was the last payment and that it's all issued in the indictment. But anyway, it was the end of 2017. Now, here's the problem. In a private transaction 2016 before the U.S. presidential election, Mr. Cohn used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of 130 grand to Miss Stephanie Clifford. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Miss Clifford and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohn for the payment directly or indirectly. His lawyer did not. This is 2018. After all the payments were made, they said, nope, 
No payments were made. No campaign violation took place. The Trump organization didn't know. This was a private transaction with Michael Cohn using his own money in the Trump organization. The Trump campaign was not a party to the transaction. So now they got a timeline problem on top of, you know, the very indictment problem, which is the, the defendant of the county of New York and elsewhere on or about February 14, 2017, with the intent to defraud, the intent to commit another crime that is not mentioned. Hopefully we get a bill of particulars at some point that would actually spell that out. That was left out for a reason, because what they're trying to do is something that has never been done before. And that is because the statute of limitations on what was only a mere misdemeanor crime in New York state has long passed. It, it ended after two years. So that, now they have to they're looking at a federal law, of which they have no jurisdiction to apply in this case. And by the way, there's a five year statute of limitations on that long past. Well, New York extended because of COVID by a little over a year, the statute of limitations. Well, number one, you still passed it by my math. And number two, it doesn't matter because it's a federal law, not a New York state law. And he doesn't have the authority jurisdiction to do it anyway. And it's these are just unprecedented times we're living in. And meanwhile, the world we live in is is literally deteriorating in ways I never imagined could happen in my lifetime right before our eyes. And I'm talking about the economy and I'm talking about foreign policy. And as Russia, China, Iran unite together a new axis of evil that is extremely ambitious and extremely dangerous and extremely well armed and we're not ready i don't have faith that our president is capable of handling china russia north korea iran that look, there's a reason the saudis left our coalition for china's coalition because they think that america has abdicated its position on the world stage as the as the defender of freedom. That's it. The leader of the free world. Joe Biden is not that. All right, tax season is here and the economy is in an absolute spiral. Everything is costing more. You need to find ways to not only save money, but I can give you a way to save a lot of money and not sacrifice service at all. And I'm talking about my cell phone company, Pure Talk, a veteran-owned company with the best U.S. customer service team that'll make your switch simple and easy. Now, look, if you're using Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, you're paying too much. Now, at Pure Talk, they use the exact same cell towers, the same 5G network, the exact same ones, and the average family saving close to $1,000 a year. That's real money that should be in your pocket in these tough economic times. Uh, you get blazing fast 5G data, unlimited talk and text, for just 30 bucks a month, the same service. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword save now. Pound 250, keyword save now from our friends at Pure Talk.